This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. We're on, we're on, we're on, we're on. Okay, we're on, good. So I want to start off with something interesting. Um, last week's parasha. In parasha Kisisa. It's really more for ladies, um, but it's just a very interesting thing because it very much um, coincides with my book on HaKarasatov, that everything is based on HaKarasatov, gratitude. Okay, listen to this. Vayar Ha'am. And the nation saw Ki Boshesh Moshe Leredes Menahar. That Moshe was delayed, last week's Pasha. Moshe was delayed from coming down from the mountain. Vayikol Ha'am al Aaron. And the nation gathered on Aaron. Vayom Elov. And they said to him, Come! I say, Lord Elohim, make for us a God. That will go in front of us. Now, this is very interesting. Kizeh, why it says those words, I don't know. Kizeh, Moshe Ha'ish, because this. Zed, this Moshe, this man, that, that, that took us from Eretz Mitzrayim, we don't know what happened to him. So two questions. What does it mean, Kizeh? So they were pointing to something. Kizeh, because this Moshe, what do, mean, what do you mean this Moshe? So Rashi says they were pointing that the Satan created, as he always does, a mirage, that Moshe Rabbeinu was dead in, in shrouds on a stretcher flying flying in the, in the air so they said Kizeh they were pointing to Moshe and Shemayim because Kizeh because this Moshe that we see <coughs> we don't know what happened to him now guys what does that make sense this, this whole puzzle doesn't make sense it should have said Kizeh Moshe Yisrael Mizrayim Mace He's dead Why are they saying They see him dead In shrouds On a, on a stretcher Right A beer Beer They call it B-I-E-R Right So what do you mean Well he died in a hello The Satan showed you That he's dead What do you mean You don't know What happened to him What's going on over here So the Territz is I offered $500 In my seminary Anyone who can answer This question I don't know if I should offer you guys the same thing. So I might lose the 500 bucks. Because they said that it's possible they knew of a person they knew of a person that went to Shemayim alive and God turned him into an angel. Not only into an angel but into like the one of the big biggest angels in Shemayim the one that Carries all our Torah, all our davening to Shemayim after we finish davening. He takes all the tefillot and he brings it to God. So because they knew this story, they said, we see him on a, on a stretcher, but we don't know what the, and he, we don't know what the end, is Hashem going to take that body and now make him into an angel? We don't know what's going to happen to him. Anyone here know who that was? Yeah. Right, who did he become? An angel. What's the name of the angel? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, for 500 bucks, you have to know both. 
That was the deal. Can I get half if I guess the other half? Yeah, you get the other half. You know who he became? So Chanoch, how do you know Chanoch became an angel? There's a whole safer Chanoch. The Pesach says like this. In right? What? He's an angel. He's a real, he became an angel. Now he's become an angel. He became like one of the biggest angels in Shemayim. Very famous one. Uh, Zoy. Should I guess you're real? No, no, no. But then it wouldn't be worth five hundred dollars. <laughs> but, but thanks. For, we appreciate that, that you tried anyway. He lived sixty-five years, and he gave birth to Mishaselach. So he, he he gave birth very early because all the other guys before him. Um, no, he didn't really give birth very early. But okay, so. Noach went in the ways of God. After he gave birth to Mishaselach, three hundred years. How long did he live? Now, everyone in the end of the population lived nine hundred, nine hundred fifty, nine hundred sixty-five, eight hundred. Everyone was in the nine hundred range. But this guy, Chanoch, this person, Chanoch, he died very young. He died. He lived exactly many years as there are days in the sun and a lunar year. He lived 365 years. He died very young. Now he has the Pesach. Chanoch went in the ways of God. And he's not here. You remember learning this Pesach in Bereshis? He disappeared. Because Hashem took him. Now, every other person, it says, everyone, he lived, Mishaselach lived, 969 years, and he died. Everybody died. They lived and they died. It doesn't say he died here. It says, he disappeared, because Hashem took him. What does that mean? So the Medrash says, that he was a big tzaddik, but he was living in very bad times. So Hashem was scared, not scared, but Hashem didn't want him to go off to Derech. So Hashem took him to Shemayim before his years. He was only 365, but he, he, he could have lived at least another 600-something years. So he took him to Shemayim, and what happened, the Medjur said? He made him into an angel. What angel? Matatron. <coughs> Matatron is one of the biggest Malachim in Shemayim. He's the angel that collects all the tefillahs. He sits close to the where, the chamber of Hashem. And he collects all the tefillahs of Klaishro, Shachsman, Chamayim. And he brings them as a, and he makes them into like a crown for Akash Baruch. So, the Medrash says over here, they knew this, because this was after that, right? This is after the after time. They knew this. So they said, We don't know what's going to be with him. Hashem's going to make him a malach. Hashem's not going to make him a malach. We have no idea. Okay. Now, Alan's in a pickle. Alan's in a very big pickle. Was I here last week? Yeah, yeah I was here. We didn't have it. We didn't have it. That's right. We didn't play the Torah any times. We, we didn't have the camera. Boy, I'm asking them if I was here last week. That's a bad sign. Anyway, so, um, so Alan wanted to delay this. Now, they said they want to make it a Vajazara. So he came up with this brilliant idea. He's going to ask the men to go to their wives and get their gold jewelry, and then he's going to throw it into a fire and 
what he knew, okay, we'll see what he knew. Very interesting thing here. Please do not learn anything from this next passage. Please. Okay, whoever's listening to this, I don't want you to learn the wrong translation here. Listen carefully. And Aaron said to the men, Take the earrings of gold that are in the ears of your wives. Who else? Your daughters. Who else? Your sons. Seems to be that the boys were wearing earrings to the Pharisee Pasuk. Take the earrings of Shabbat and the Shechem, your wives, Beinechem, your sons, Ubnosechem, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So the Mephoshim say here, what is, what's going on here? Guys wearing earrings? Kleistro? Waiting to get the Torah? Wearing earrings? We don't even wear, most of us don't wear rings on our fingers. We definitely don't wear earrings. So the Farshim said that when they left Mitzrayim, the Egyptians used to wear earrings. The men in Egypt used to wear earrings. So the Jews were still wearing earrings at that time. The boys. Okay? So, the next passage says, By Yisparku Kalamis Nizmeh All the men took the earrings out of their ears. By Yaviel Aaron, they brought to Aaron. One second, Aaron told them to go to their wives. Why did the men take the earrings out of their ears, right? So maybe I read it I read it this week in honor of the women. It says the following. Give me your give me the earrings of your wives. Aaron knew Aaron knew that the wives were not going to give their earrings. Normally women don't give you their jewelry. Shame right, but here the women all saw the miracles in Mitzrayim. The women saw all the miracles that happened in Mitzrayim in the Yam, Suf, and in Harsinai. Aaron came, they came, they, so the men came to their wives, and they said, give us your earrings. And they got up and said to their husbands, Amru, Chas Chas V'Shalom, that we should go and be kaifer against Hashem. This is what the women said to the men. How can we go against a God that did for us all these miracles in Mitzrayim, in Yamsuf, and in Hasinai? You wanted to make an Avodah So why didn't the women give their earrings, guys? Because they had a Korsat Toiv to Hashem to the Nisim and then the Flois that Hashem did for us. Therefore they said to their husbands, are you crazy? You want to make an Avedi Zara after Hashem did this all for you? One. Two. Also very fascinating. It's a very big question here. It's a very big question. The Medrash brings this down also. Chor, who was Miriam's son? Yeah. Chor ben Miriam. Chor was Miriam's son. When they came and they said, let's make the, let's make the Egel, so Chor got up against them. And they killed him. And now, Aaron, who saw this, who saw Chor give up his life, he, he didn't give up his life, Aaron, who was, he was greater than Chor. He said, bring me the gold, we'll wait till tomorrow. Why didn't he give up his life? 
If Chor gave up his life, Aaron surely should have given up his life. Because Aaron knew that if you kill a Kohen, Aaron was a Kohen, and the Kohen is a Navi, and you kill a Kohen who's a Navi, or a Navi that's a Kohen, Hashem will never forgive you. So Aaron said, I would rather be, be blamed for the, for the Egel and not allow the Jews to kill me because if the Jews kill me, God will never forgive them. So I'll take the hit for the Egel so that the Jews will be forgiven. How do you know that if you kill a Kayin who's a Navi, you're not forgiven? We see by Zechariah. Zechariah, they killed him. They killed a Kayin who was a Navi. And he already had killed out half the Jewish nation, the, the Roman general. Children, they said there were brains of children to the piles and men and women. And the blood kept boiling. And he said, if you don't, if you don't stop boiling, I'm going to kill every single Jew. And that's when Zechariah stopped. So Aaron Akoyim was willing to, to be part of the Egel, but not be killed. Because had he been killed, he knew that Hashem would never, ever forgive Klai Yisrael. We're going to talk tonight about what it means to be a leader. Okay. Anyway, the next thing it says... So they came to give them the gold, and they asked for the gold. Amalabel, they said... We are not listening to you to give our earrings to create an idol. Because an idol doesn't have the power to do anything for you. So, so this is stupid. This is a waste of time. Women are very emotional, but they're also extremely logical. It's interesting that they're both. That they're very emotional people, but women are extremely logical. Men are neither. <laughs> we're not we're, we're not logical because we, we we have to fight our taiva we have taivas which are not logical and and um, it's an interesting it's an, not, they don't have the same they don't have the same you they're very logical that's why the, the Gemara says it's very hard for a woman to give charity in fact most women stop their husband from giving charity because logically it doesn't make sense if you're going to give charity give to our, give to our kids why give it to some stranger? So they're very, usually they don't give, to, they're very karg, they're very cheap when it comes to charity. Right? Every wife says, what are you, are you giving all these people? We got kids, we got grandchildren, what are you doing? You know? And they, and they are much more logical. You know, you, guys, we want to buy this house, buy that house, we're impulsive, let's do this, let's invest, let's do this. And she's like, time out. What are you investing? You don't even have money to pay the bills. They ground you right away. It's terrible. It's terrible. You have all these dreams and they're like just, they just ground you. It's like, you know, you can't afford that. What are you doing? You're like, come on, we'll take five more credit cards. We can't even pay the other credit cards. They're very... So I'm not going to use the word logical. It's the wrong word. The word logical is the wrong word. The word is grounded. They're much more grounded than us. They're much more grounded. They're much more emotional. But they're much more grounded. And by the way, not all women do so much shopping. I don't know who you've been going out with. But not every girl does so much not every girl does so, that much shopping. So I'm saying there are people there are guys that do just as much shopping. There are guys that spend a lot more money on their clothing than their wives do. And their watch for twenty five thousand and fifteen thousand and their car for eighty five thousand dollars. And their wife's like, for eighty five thousand dollars I can buy a lot of clothing. And most women they buy clothing and they return them anyway. <laughs> you're not married you don't know that story That's, by women it's not it's not it's not 
owning the clothing, it's the shopping, it's the exercise. It is. You, they could spend five hours, they could spend five hours, come home with two dresses, and then return them. <laughs> and we, we walk into a suit store, okay, you try on one suit, it fits you, you look at the designer name, so you know that, right, you're like, give me one in black, give me one in blue, give me one in gray, the tailor, you don't even try them all on, you, put, you try one on, you say, copy all of those, and you buy two pairs of shoes and four pairs of socks, your underwear and your ties, and a sweater and a winter coat, and it's 12 minutes. And you never return anything. Very different. Very, very different. Men and women are very, very different. That's why it works. So you want to be with the same person. What do you have to get? Get married to the same person. What's boring? I know who I am already. What do I have to marry another person? I need a duplicate. I want to be a duplicate, right? So yeah, I'm not going to use the word. I'm not going to use the word logical. I'm going to use the word they're very grounded. They are very grounded. They are. You should listen to them. Most of the time, they know what they're talking about. The Gemara says there's three times you have to listen to your wife. Even if she makes no sense, Sigmar says. Or it says, when it comes to Parnassa, when it comes to making a living, when it comes to who your friends are, and when it comes to where you live. So you have this guy, goes to college, gets an MBA in management, and this and that and that. He goes to real estate, gets a license. He's brilliant, right? He's making money, making money, making money. And his wife hears him on the phone. He wants to buy a property in Dallas, this big building, and he's listening to the numbers, and we're going to flip it, and we're going to buy it. And she's like, don't buy in Dallas. He's like, excuse me? Uh, I don't mix into how you make your kugel. Like, you shouldn't talk to your wife like that, but like, what college did you go to? Like, was the last time you bought a piece of real estate? Darling, I love you. What do you know about real estate? She goes like, nothing. I just don't, think, I just don't have a good feeling. Gomorrah says, you better listen to her. You call, you, you meet this guy, he's like, oh, you come home, you're like, oh man, I just met this guy in shul, he just moved in, this guy, he's cool, he's great, I, I think we're gonna make really good friends, da, 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 da. And, and he has this great business, and he wants them to go in with him, and she's like, you know, invite them for Shabbos, you know, bring them here for Shabbos, and they come for Shabbos, and at Matzah Shabbos, they leave, and she turns to her husband, she goes like, I don't like him. <laughs> he's like, what do you mean you don't like him? Why don't you like him? I don't know, there's something about this guy I don't trust. He's like, you, you always talk like, like what? Like, what are you talking about? Everybody in shul, everybody loves him, and they're all investing with him. And she's like, listen to me. There's something wrong with this guy. The Gemara says, listen, because three months later, everyone in the shul just got beat for a lot of money. Listen to what she says, specifically if it makes no sense. Because if it makes sense, it's not intuition, it's logic. It doesn't make any sense. Why are you saying this? I don't know. I don't like him. Now, anyone who ever went shopping for a house with their wife, right? You go into this house, and like, we, us guys, it's like, there's only certain rooms that are important to us, right? You need to have more than one bathroom. And there's like certain rooms that, you know, we don't care about the kitchen that much. We have to have that one place where you can sit with your big, you know, lazy recliner, and you know, where the guys could chill in the house. And if you have all that, like, you know, the house is good, and you walk into this house, and it's got, like, a big chill room downstairs with a big screen, right? And even a bar, and you're like, I love this place. <laughs> like, let's buy it. And she's like, I don't like this house. Like, oh, come on. This is the 31st house we looked at. I mean, come on, this is, like, perfect. And she's like, Chaim, I got bad vibes. You mean you get bad vibes? Tell me. 
tell me what's wrong, I'll listen to you. What's wrong? I don't know. I don't know. Don't like it. Let's get out of here. I don't like it. It gives me the creeps. <laughs> don't buy that house. It's, go, it's the Gemara. It's the Gemara. It's, it's not a Bini Yisera. It's, it's an intuition. It's something else. What? what? I'll find it for you. It's there. I promise you. It's, prob- it's probably in... Are you married? Okay. What? Those three things. Just those three things. Nothing else. That three, those three things, if she tells you her intuition, who, who, who your friends are, what business you do, and where you live, her, her, if she, had, if she, had, if she tells you not to do it, don't do it. I could tell you that I'd be a very rich guy today if I listened to my wife. When I was very young, I was making a lot of money, and I was in the stock, and I put all my money into the stock market. And she said to me at that time, "You're talking 37 years ago." She said, "Buy real estate." I said, "Real estate." It was dreared. I said, real estate. I know the stocks. I studied it. The OEX, the up, the down. I knew everything. I'm like, what do you know about stock market? I did my research. My friends just bought it. I lost so much money in the market. And she told me, stop. Don't just buy real estate. That way you have something. If a stock, you don't have anything. I didn't listen to it. Today I wouldn't have to work for the rest of my kids. My grandchildren wouldn't have to work. What do you know about stocks? I told her, what do you know? This is what I do. I'm reading it. I'm studying it. I know. I didn't listen. I put money in, and I put, then once you, you put money in, they tell you to average down. You have to average down. You put more money, bad money after bad money after bad money after bad money. She begged me for five years, stop. And then a few years later, stop. And I was like, no way. If I would have bought real estate, forget about it. A woman's intuition. Women have, look over here by the, by the A-girl. You know, they have a certain intuition. They're like, this, this, we're not giving you our nose rings. This is not... There's something wrong with this. You know, first of all, where's your cursor toe? Second of all, it's like, no, it's not. And they're like, no, we need to, no. Same thing when they left the tribe. It says that Miriam came out and she took her drums and her, and her musical instruments, right? And, and, they, and they sang Shira. And everybody asked the question, where did they get musical instruments from? Did you get, the men didn't have musical instruments. Where did the women get musical instruments from? They're coming out and they're dancing and they have tambourines and flutes and zach and what's going on over here? Men didn't have it, so they say that Miriam and the women, when the men were collecting the money, they said, our intuition tells us that at some point there's going to be such a big miracle that we're going to sing Shira, we need to have instruments. So they took with them the instruments before they even needed it. Otherwise, where did they come from? So they have, they have episode intuition. And we hear they didn't sin. Someone told me, I've never seen this. <coughs> oh, that girl in my seminary said the reason that men are not allowed to wear earrings is because they gave the earrings to the ego. Yes, I never heard that. The reason you wear earrings is because it's the, it's the takshite of a woman. It's the clothing of a woman, so you don't do the clothing of a woman. I never heard that. Okay, that's something else, but I never heard that the reason we don't wear earrings is because the men gave their earrings. Because we don't wear earrings because it's takshite. <laughs> It's what women wear. We're not allowed to go in the way. We're not allowed to wear the clothing of a woman. So I don't. I'm not sure. What? They didn't get punished here by the ego. They didn't. None of them died by the ego. What? They should have. Oh, you mean why did they lose the crowns? 
Can you stop squeaking, please? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe because they're part, they're married. You know, they're married to the men, and the men lost it. They lost it. The whole Kleistrol lost it. Listen, the whole Kleistrol didn't do the ego. Only three hundred died. There was six hundred thousand. Only three thousand. Only three thousand. Only three thousand died. So I guess the whole the whole Kleistrol just got punished. Maybe you know we're we're all Amechad. What's well, a good question you're asking? Why did they get punished? They didn't. They got rewarded. The Medrash says, "What did they get? What was their reward?" God gave a reward to the women in this world. They get to keep rich chaydesh more than men. And he gave them schah for the next world. That they're in the future, in the next world. They're going to become new like, like, like the moon becomes new. So the men ended up giving it. Okay, the whole thing. There's a lot of measures on this. The whole thing. <coughs> there were two sons of Bilam. You want to know their names? Two sons of Bilam that traveled from Mitzrayim with them, with part of the Erev Rav. And they were huge sorcerers. And they were the ones who really were behind this whole thing. What were their names? Anyone who knows that? It's worth a lot more money than five hundred dollars. Never, I never saw this medrash. Nichnasnu erev rav minaam. The erev rav was from the nation. Uberoshim at the head of them. Shnei two sorcerers, two male witches. What were their names? Yonos, Yonos, and Yombros. Yonos and Yombros. Yonos and Yomros were the two sons of Bilam. Okay? So that's something you can put in your hat that nobody knows. Yonos, Yomach Shemam. Yonos, Yomros. Why were they part of Chalapai's They left with the Erev Rav. Why? Oh, because what happened with the Erev... No, Bilam, Bilam left before that. Bilam was a king. Bilam kicked, Mo, Bilam kicked Moshe out of Ethiopia. And he became the king over there, whatever. But they were, they were, Bilam was an advisor of Paro. So his kids lived in Mitzrayim. And the Erev only followed us because they said, the Jews, you know, follow the victor, the victory. And I did a lot of research because I, I spoke a lot in the last week. And it's pretty, it's pretty, um, pretty interesting. So how'd they get away with this, right? The Erev said, the Erev this group of, only becoming Jews because they were the victors, they were not allowed into the clouds that was surrounded the Jews. So they were outside the clouds. So they didn't get mun. You know that? They didn't get the mun. The mun didn't fall outside the clouds. So they didn't get mun. They didn't have the be'er. And they didn't have the clouds. So they didn't have those three. So they said, now, since we're on the outside... We want to have something also on the outside. That's why they made. That's why they made the eagle. But Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu not to, not to take them. Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't say no. When did the Maisa Gold happen? What? When did the Maisa Gold happen? In the Midbar. But didn't his sons get swallowed also? It was Kairach. Okay. Well, that wasn't Bilam. I want to ask a question. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's the right question I should be asking, but why? You can ask anything in this class. In this class, you can ask anything. <laughs> why do we get punished for Moshe making that decision to take them? We, we had a share a few weeks ago called Consequence. 
It's not a punishment. There are consequences. You drop a glass, it breaks. Doesn't mean the fool is angry at the glass. He took them, the decision he made, and the consequences is what happened. Well, why, why do we suffer from the consequence of Hashem told them not to send Maraglim? He, right? And, and, and the, but the Jewish nation wanted Maraglim. So, Hashem could have stopped them. Hashem still, Hashem still gives you free choice. He still gives you free choice. So now, no, so that was no, that wasn't Erevrav. That was Dustin uh, Vaviram. They were not. No, they weren't part of Erevrav. They were Jews. Erevrav wasn't Jews. They were Egyptians who followed the Jews because we were victors. That was Dustin Vaviram. Those were Jews. All right. Um, so anyway, just, that's just just interesting. You know, the the women with Mamish Nashim Tikkanis. I, I I spoke last night. I, I told them. Um, I said, you know, it's funny. Many times I get up and I tell the boys that that uh, the Gemara says that that the women got us out of Mitzrayim and they're going to get us out of this Golos. Because of Nashim Tzitkaniyas, because of the good women, not the bad women, because of the good women, the Tzitkaniyas, we got out of Mitzrayim. And when Mashiach comes, how's Mashiach going to come? Through women. So, you know, and, and you tell this to guys and they never complain and I never understood that. You know, like, you learn me, we fast, we go to Minion three times a day, we put on Tillin, we put on scissors. Come on, my sister, who knows how to make Kogol, right? My sister, who maybe knows Mishle, right? She's going to get us out of this Golos, but me, who learns me and made a Siamashas, and I dive in three times a day with a Minion, I'm nothing. And I always wondered, then how come I told this to guys? It doesn't bother them. Because, you know, we don't like to hear this. Women are going to get us out, not us. I finally figured it out. I asked a guy once, I said, how come, you know, you're like really into the guy. Like, how come it doesn't bother you? But I'm talking about that your mother and your sister and all the girls, you know, in BCA and in Yaakov are going to get us out of this. And you guys in Kylo are not. Like, how come it doesn't bother you? He's like, Rebbe. Are we in Gullus? I'm like, yeah. Is Mashiach here? I'm like, no. Yeah? It's their fault. I'm like, oh, now I understand why it doesn't bother you guys. I hear you. All right, I hear you. But on the flip side, when he does come, it's going to be their fault too. Um, so now I understand. It all makes sense. All right, so I had a crazy Bikuach this week with a, um, Bikuach means a debate with um, a so-called um, atheist guy. I don't know, that happens every single week now because it's just everyone's becoming like atheist-like. Just getting rid of... It's very in. It's very in. Everybody, you know, Katz in the Elevation Seminar says that that's going to help bring Shia atheism. Right. But this is not real atheism. We don't have real atheism. Ignorant. A- atheism means you studied all of it, all, all, all about God, and you disproved it. Right? None of these guys discovered, they, they didn't learn two words, they don't know nothing, they never even opened up a Messiah's Gishon. I'm like, they can't even spell the word atheist. <laughs> and the spelling bee, they wouldn't even know how to spell it. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, and I'm going to tell you what went down. It's, it's pretty interesting. And it has, it has to do with Megillah's Esther, so we, we, I hope that we'll be able to, uh, to tie everything in before two in the morning. Okay. So, so he sits down. And he says to me, I know he went to footsteps, I know the whole works, this guy's totally off the derech, was a chassidish guy, 
totally off the derech, doing every Avera and some new ones that I didn't even know about, which I thought I knew everyone, but there were some new ones I didn't know about. And he sits down and why'd he come? Because this one and that one and his family said, you gotta come. Okay, fine. He sits down and he goes, I'm like, so, uh, you're an atheist. What? English. I don't speak Yiddish. I said, you're an atheist. So, I mean, I don't speak it well. He goes, yeah. I'm like, could you explain to me what that means? Like, what, you know, explain to me what you believe, whatever it is. He says, I'll tell you the truth. I believe in God. I'm like, okay. I'm thinking to myself, okay, it's not so bad, right? He goes, but I'm God. Now, this is a normal guy. He's not a machine. He's not drinking. He's not smoking up. He's a normal guy, right? But this is the first time that a guy ever, first time that a guy ever sat down in front of me and said, he's God. I said, excuse me? He says, I'm God. I'm thinking that's a guy psycho, right? He goes, I'm the same God as the God you have. Now, this is all stuff that they're taught. This is not from their, I said, what does that mean? He says, what do you believe God did? I said, I believe God created the world. He says, I cre- he created his world and I create my world. So I'm God. I create my own world. If I want to be with girls, I'm with girls. If I want to do drugs, I do drugs. If I want to, to, to not keep the Sabbath, I don't keep the Sabbath. I am God. I create my own world. I said, that's impossible. He said, how do you know that's impossible? I said, so, so if you're God, you believe that there's one God, you? He goes, yeah. I said, it's impossible. He says, why? I said, because my wife said she is. <laughs> I hope she's not listening to the share. It's a joke. It's a joke, boys. It's a joke. But it, wasn't a, it was a joke that I said to him. I was going to say my mother-in-law, but then I really got into trouble. Uh, so, but, but on a serious note, he meant it. I said, wow, that's so sad. I said, but by the way, if you're God and you create your own world, could I give you like a whole list of stuff I need? <laughs> I said, first of all, you could drop dead in two seconds. So the world you create when you drop dead doesn't exist anymore. The world that we're in continually exists and has existed for 5,000 years or over 5,000 years and according to the Zayar, there were hundreds of thousands of worlds before this. And um, so you're, you're being God and creating your own world. You have a heart attack in two seconds. You'll be across the street in two seconds. Your world ain't worth anything because it can be stopped and over in two seconds. I said, but let's forget about that. I said, do you really believe that? That you just happened? You're like, you just happened? He said, Wallstein, you never studied the theory of randomness. Now, I, I know all this stuff. I know, that, I know what they're teaching him. I know where he's getting it from. I'm like, yeah, things are, things are random. Neutrons, electrons, they're random. Sometimes they bump into each other and they create worlds. Randomness. Which is pretty ridiculous, but it's okay. That's, you know. Um, I said, so, so you don't believe that there's any reason for anything in this world? Like nothing has a reason? If you believe in random, there's no reason. Right? Random without reason. So he said, no. Nothing has reason. I said, so how do you live with that? I said, you know why atheists are depressed? 
I never met a guy who's happy and he's an atheist. They're, they're depressed, judgmental, angry, vengeful. They're not like walking around, you know, singing in the, you know, in the rain. I said, how does a person live in this world and believe that everything is just luck, randomness, without any reason? I said, so, so the guy across the street from you just got a brand new Ferrari. You can't even afford a bicycle. And in your head, you're just unlucky? You're just unlucky. He's lucky. I'm unlucky. It's random. He has a Ferrari and I have a bicycle. I said, so, so don't you feel like, aren't you jealous that he's luckier than you are? Like, if it's random, why couldn't I be random? Why couldn't I have the Ferrari? I said, someone gets sick, right, in your family, and then someone else's family is not sick. It's just random that he got cancer. How do you deal with the randomness of a five-year-old, two-year-old, one-year-old, three-month-old kid dying? And it's just random that he died without any reason? There's no reason for pain. There's no reason for loss. There's no reason for gain. I said, so, how do you live in a world like that? Like, I said, we, that we have a Hashem, Hashem Hashem, Hashem says, send me your pain, and I'll deal with it. I said, so, so when someone dies, we accept it because we know that they died for a reason. A tzaddik dies, so tzaddik mechaper al kol He died so that the rest of the generation should be forgiven. A person dies young, wherever he dies, it's a Gilgal. He finished his job here. It's a Tikkun. Everything has a reason if you believe in God. How could you live in a world that has no reason? I said, in that case, if God forbid you're in pain, why wouldn't you kill yourself? If there's no reason for me to be here, why do I need to be here? So if I'm enjoying myself and I'm having a good time, so good. But if I'm in pain and I'm sick, so there's no reason for me to be here anymore. Because I'm not enjoying myself. So everybody would just commit suicide every time they're in pain. Instead of taking two Tylenols, right? They would kill themselves because what do, I, what do I need this for? I have no reason being here. There's no reason. I mean, I'm just random. So I'm random here. I'm random not here. I'm like, who hurt you? Who hurt you so much that you need to live a life with no reason? With just randomness that stuff just happens how do you how do you live in such a world I said that's why you're in so much pain but I, I don't believe that you're an atheist so to say that things just happen and people just die some people get married some people don't get married some people have children some people are rich some people are poor it just happens and I'm left out in the cold because I'm not married and I don't have money and I don't have kids and I'm sick and I'm not handsome you know, random, this guy was born good-looking and I was born not good-looking. How do you handle that? Like, man, you're the most unluckiest guy in the world. So, like, I'm out of here. I'm like, but if everything has a reason, there's a cheshben. If Hashem is in everything that happens, and we're, we're going to talk about Miguel Esther, right? And there's no randomness. I said, there's, there's, there's stuff that's hidden. There's stuff that we don't understand. But, but, but if I told you, and I, I, I did the Chavetz Chaim thing, I said... It's a chair. This is not a world. 
This doesn't have a pulse. This is not alive. To cheer. If I told you that it created itself, you would, you would tell me that I'm out of my mind. I want to, I'm not coming to your share. Not in here. Do it outside, please. Hello, Rabbi Yoni, outside. Disturbing the share. So, so it, a cheer can't come from randomness. Can't be random. So, so a chair can't be random and, and the plastic got together and they bumped into each other. You, you, you never come to my shir again. You'd say, Rebbe, you, you, had a, you, you cracked up. We need to take you to the hospital tonight. Right? So, so how do you come to a world? The world is not normal. Gravity. Every time you get on a plane, I cannot. I dropped my wife off today. She, she, she flew. So, I, can't, yeah, I saw the planes on the runway. I'm like, this is sick. You know how heavy they are? How do they fly? So we look at, oh, the Wright brothers. Not the Wright brothers. Hashem didn't create thrust and gravity to push against. In other words, if there's nothing to push against, the plane would not have any, any lift. You know how fast the plane's going when it, when it gets off the ground? 250 miles an hour. Not going 900 miles an hour. But the way the, 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 way the plane is shaped, and because there's gravity, and because the, Hashem created a world that you could fly. He created a world that you could go underneath the ocean. He created a world that will have a submarine. He created a world where the human being, where three-quarters of the world is water. So Kodesh Baruch Hu made it possible that a boat can float on the water. A rock can't float on the water. A rock cannot float on the water. But when he created the world, he created wood or whatever it is that can actually float on the world. So he put all the elements into the world so that we can do what we want to do. Not that we see it, not that we have our cars are tough at all. But it's randomness. So why would you get on a plane? Because maybe randomly it's going to crash. So you dive in and you say, and, and, and that's the whole belief in our Baruch Hu. The whole belief is that it's not random. So I said to this guy, come on, man. What's your pain? Why do you have to believe that it's random? Who hurt you so much that you can't believe that there's a din v'cheshbin in the world? Or? What? It's either of two things. Either you got hurt very badly or you just want to do unveirus and you got to get rid of God. So first you don't, the first thing you don't say to someone who comes to you is, oh I know, there's another, there's a girl and you want to eat chazer. That's not. I said, maybe it's coming from a painful place. Sometimes... Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can get hurt so much that you just don't understand it and you're like, there's no God. It's just like, if there was a God, this wouldn't have happened. So sometimes that's, that's the conclusion that a person comes to. That's the tzaddik virality. But if you really think about it, it's just the opposite. It's just the opposite. God has a cheshman on why this happened. We don't understand Gilgal and Tikkun. We don't understand, we don't understand this world at all. Moshe Rabbeinu, last week's Pasha, Hashem put his hand over him. He covered him up and he said, you're not going to see why I do things. You're just going to see what things I do. You'll see my back. You'll see what I do. But you'll not understand what I, why. Why, Hashem tell, why doesn't Hashem tell you why he does things? Because he would have to show you from the beginning of the world to the end of the world. He'd have to keep destroying the world and going back to the beginning. Can't do that. By the Asarai Rugei Malchus. Right? So they were peeling the skin off the face of Rabbi Shmuel Kohen Gadol. When they came to the part of his tefillin, right, he gave out such a scream that the whole world shook like an earthquake. 
because when they took the, the they took the scalp off the tefillin, he didn't have a place to put his tefillin shorosh. So all the pain of peeling the skin, he didn't complain. But when they took that away, so it says in his the world shook and the malachim, the angels came to God and they said, God, this this is this is how you reward a tzaddik. This is how you reward a tzaddik. So they asked Hashem, they asked him a question, God, this is what you do to a good man? You let to peel the skin off his face? So Hashem said, if I hear another word, if I hear another word, he said to the angels, I hear one more word, I will turn the world into, what? He didn't say I'll destroy the world. Why did he say I'll turn the world into Tayyavavayu? And he also did not answer, the malachim, they asked God a question. Okay, you want to say God's Jewish? He answered a question with a question, but God's not Jewish, right? So they asked him a question. Is this how you reward the good people? And God said, if you ask me another question, if you say one more word, I'm going to destroy the world. Hashem, answer the question. I asked you a question. This is what you do to a tzaddik? This is what, this is what a tzaddik has to go through? I'm asking you a question. Hashem says, I'm going to turn the word into Torah Bavaros. And the answer is, no, you did when was the world Tayu Vavoyu, guys? When was the world ever Tayu Vavoyu? Before he created the world, it says in the first passage. Alright, Yine. Well, Aretz Haisa, second passage. Haisa Tayu Vavoyu. So when Hashem answered the Malachim, the Malachim said, Hashem said, if you say another word, then I'm going to be forced to answer you the question why I did what, why is happening what's happening but the only way for you to understand what's happening what's happening I have to go back to the beginning of the world when the world was and you have to see all the tikkunim and all the gigulim and all the times and who was Rabbi Shmuel Kain Gadol he was a Gilgul of Yosef HaTzadik right you gotta go understand who was Yosef HaTzadik Yosef HaTzadik was a Gilgul of Adam HaRishon so you gotta go all the way back to tell you so Hashem didn't answer him back with a question. Hashem didn't answer him back with a threat. Hashem said, "You want the answer is that if you want to know why, I got to go all the way back to the beginning, because it's not what happened to you. You are part of a chain. So, answering what happened to you means understanding who you were last time, who you were the time before, who you were the time before, where you're coming from, what dar, crazy, crazy amount of stuff." And the only way to do that is to start the whole world all over again, which we can't do every time somebody asks a question. So even Moshe Rabbeinu Hashem did not answer. This guy, I hate to say, was not in pain. This guy stepped out and was doing some really bad stuff. And the people that he was doing bad stuff with had to take him out of um, and make him an atheist. And it's very, very sad because he lost his, he's married with kids. And, and he, he lost them. He lost his wife and his kids. And he really doesn't care. He just wants to party. And then you grow up and you can't party anymore. And you look around and you don't have grandchildren that talk to you. And you don't have children that talk to you. You're disconnected from the Jewish community. You're disconnected from your family. You're disconnected from everything. And you die a bitter, vengeful atheist and then the kicker is that the last thing you see before you die is God oh my gosh every atheist 
The last thing you see in this world is you lived your whole life a lie. Too late. Over. What? If you're lucky. If you're lucky. There's, there's a lot of other stuff. I'm not the, the rabbi that, um, that uses the scary stuff. There's, there's, a lot of, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that's worse than Gehenna. A lot. No. Whatever. It's not, it's not important. No one here will ever need to know it, and no one watching will ever need to know it. But there's a place that's in between the worlds. It's, there's no escape. Would you tell guys like this guy that say things like God doesn't want them to be religious? What does that mean? If he's an atheist, he doesn't believe God. So God cannot want them to do anything. There's no God. And that's ridiculous. That's like your brain, like saying my brain told my brain cells that don't want, I don't want you to be brain cells. If Hashem is right, why would Hashem tell you not to believe in Him? It doesn't make any sense. That's not totally illogical. Whatever. It's, it's, it, you know. But, Akash Baruch Hu loves us so much. So much. It's unbelievable how much God loves us. Says, curse me, do whatever you want, atheist, this and that. I will wait till the last second of your life for you to come back. If you come back, I will hug you, I will forgive you, I will kiss you, I will take care of you. You'll live next to me in Gan Eden, no problem. Shem says, I wait till the last second. You kick him, you hit him, you don't believe in him, you do whatever you want. He loves you so much that he went, who, who, who else? And only God could do that. Only God could do that. Even though it's interesting, Moshe Benu, interesting, so when he came down, he said to them like, what's the deal with the egg? Why did you do this? And they said, we saw, we saw you flying in Shemayim in death shrouds, so we thought you were dead. Moshe Benu was like, excuse me? You thought I was dead? So if you thought I was dead, why don't you sit Shiva? Why don't you rip your clothing? You lost, you lost your leader, right? Why don't you sit Shiva and rip your clothing and say, Hey man, why is dead? We have to sit for 30 days and cry. You went and partied. It said they made a Mishnah party with music, with dancing. So if your whole excuse is that you thought I was dead, why are you partying? Right? And even though they partied because they thought Moshe was dead, when Hashem said, I'm going to destroy Klai Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu said, you destroy them, I go with them. Shh. He wasn't God, but he was as close to God as you can be. You can't, you, can't, you can't get bigger than that. You were partying that I was dead. Now Hashem says, I'm going to kill all of those guys who were partying. And I'm going to make you, from you, a new Klai Yisrael. And Moshe Rabbeinu turns to Hashem, and about those people says, you kill them, I go with them. He's not God, Moshe Rabbeinu. He's just a leader. But wow! Look how look where a person can get. You you guys are. I should save you. Put my my life on the line. Yes, Hashem. If you hurt them, I'm out. I'm out of the picture. Just to, if you want to strive in life to be where to be, can you imagine that? They were partying. Their whole excuse was that he was dead, and he's like, so what are you doing? That was the godless of who Moshe Rabbeinu was. The godless of Aaron Cohen was, he knew, he knew that if he makes this a very desire, it's going to take him a very long time for him to be machaper. I don't know if I saw once that he lost his two sons, I'm not sure, but it took a, you know, he said, I don't care. If, if they kill me, if I get up and say something, and they kill me, God will never forgive them. 
I'd rather go down and suffer for the rest of my life than Klai Yisrael These were the brothers. Moshe Aaron. I always wondered. I could never find. Where did they get it from? It had to come from their parents. So Yocheved, we understand, because Yocheved put her life on the line when she was a, a, a midwife that the king could have killed her for letting the Jewish kids live. But who was their father? It's Amram. So we'll learn a little bit more about them because look at their three children. Look at Miriam. Look who their three, three children came out to be. What? Same. Amram. Moshe, Miriam, and Moshe, Miriam. From Levi. They come from Levi. We have to look. We have to look it up. We have to check it out. But but they look look at look at the mysterious nefesh for Klai Yisrael. Aaron was ready to, to make an egel so that they shouldn't kill him, so that they shouldn't be forgiven. Moshebeno, the people who 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 party that he was dead. Hashem said, "I'm going to get rid of them for you because Hashem Moshe's covered." He said, "No, no. If they go, I go." What? What Levi did, he stood up for her. That was Messiah's Nefesh. Well, it wasn't Messiah's Nefesh, whatever. But Yaakov wasn't so happy about it. But Levi, um, what did I just say? I just set up shot this week. I saw something. Levi, oh, bomb, 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 bomb. I didn't say this last week. Did I say last week why it's so long to Shlishi? No. Yes, yes. I did? Oh, yeah, that's it. I said that over on Shabbos, they went crazy. What? Oh, they didn't hear it last week. They didn't hear it. Oh, you guys weren't here. We didn't have the camera. You got to hear this, everyone who's listening to the radio tomorrow. Oh my gosh, this is a bomb. This is a bomb. What's this bomb? This is a nuclear bomb. So last week's Pasha, for those of you listening, from the beginning of the Pasha till Shlishi is over 90 psukim. The whole Pasha is 138 psukim. There is nowhere in the Torah that from Shani to Shlishi is that long. Why? And then afterwards, Shlishi to Revi is short, Revi to is short, everything else is short. Why? I was a client, I got called up for client. You know what the Valkyrie said to me? The, the guy who called me up, he says, I'm sorry that you're going to have to stand here so long. Mm-hmm. Because Kayin is the longest Aliyah and then Levi is the longest and you have to be there for both. So I stood there for 90 psukim. Just as Kayin, I stood there for 90 psukim. So what's going on? It's a bomb. The terrorist is that the whole story of the Egel, right, happened with who? With Kleistral, with the Jews. The whole story is in Levi's Aliyah. In other words, when the Levi gets called up, the Levi is standing there for the whole story on making the Egel. Now, if a Yisrael would have been called up, so he would be, it would be a katega. It would be a kitrig on Klai Yisrael. The Yisrael is up there. He's the one that did the Avera, right? He comes from the people who did the Avera, the Yisrael. And it's a kitrig on Klai Yisrael. We made an angel. So we, we made it that the Levi is standing there all the way, 90% until the whole angel bit is over. The Levi, what did he do by the angel? Hashem said, Mila Hashem Eli. So he stood up for Hashem. So, so that's a protection for Klai Yisrael. So they set it up that in the laning, the person that's standing there, the whole story of the Egel is the Levi. So that in Shemayim, when they're reading the Egel, they're like, look who got the Aliyah. Levi, you remember what the Levi did, Hashem? 
He stood up for you. So we see that everything, nothing's random. Just the opposite. Nothing's random. Even the Aliyah in the Torah, how long it should be, that it should be a lady standing there, not a Yisrael, is only there for the reason that, that it should be a protection for Klai Yisrael. Okay. Um, I don't know if our hour's up. Just a short... Anyway. I, I just, I don't understand. For me, I couldn't live it. I, if, if things didn't have a reason... So my father died when he was very young. So if it didn't have a reason, it was just random. And my friend's father is 20 years older than my father. I would feel like, this is crazy. Like, just random? I'm out of luck? My father ran out of luck. Like, the whole, the whole world wouldn't make sense. I'd be in so much pain. I'd be so jealous. Right? It's just bad luck and, and randomness. I understand my father died for a reason. My father died. I was in so much pain that I would stop teaching. Okay? I said to Hashem... Just give you, I'll give, tell you the example. I was very close to my father, as everyone knows. He was, he was, he was diagnosed with cancer. And the doctor said when he died, I was there in the doctor's office when they read his report. They said, you have esophageal cancer. It's a very bad cancer. <coughs> Mr. Wallstein, there are miracles, but three months. So he told him. Straight up. Three months. <coughs> We're about to be talking. My father's like, "Who are you? You're a human being. Talking me three months. What are you? Maybe you have three minutes, right? Who says you have three months? Three months is unbelievable. Whoever told someone you're going to live for the next three months, you you can't even guarantee you're going to live for the next three minutes. You're already bigger, better than God. You're, you're God. You're giving me. You're giving me three months. I don't have to dive it anymore. I have three months. Wow. My father, like, you know, three months. I don't have three minutes. The doctor gave me three months. Psh, psh, wow. Wow. He's like. You know, so but I was very close to my I don't, I, and of course I, it was unacceptable to me. So what do you do? You go to, you go to Eretz Yisrael. I went to Eretz Yisrael. I went to every Makubal. I went to every Gadol. Uh, I went to this Makubal. He wrote things. He put it in water. He said to put it on, put it on my phone. Whatever. I, I had Kameyas. I had Makubal in my head. I pulled every string I knew I had to. And then I went to the Kaisal. And I said, Kajmarachu. I hate to pull this card. And I don't really have a card. But I work, I work for you a lot. I work with your kids. At that time I was teaching at Kranai's Yeshiva. I'm like, I made so many kids Shemr Shabbos. I brought so many kids back. If I have schusim, I don't know if I have. Because you don't owe me anything. But if I have schusim, I'm cashing them in. I don't want, I don't want Ghanadian. I don't want anything. I want you to give my father another year. Because I knew that when you daven, don't daven for too much. Daven for a little. And then towards the end of the year, do it again. You have to know how to daven. Right? Just another year. Give me a year instead of three months. I stood up a whole night. I said the whole to Helen. Okay? I figured for sure. I came home with kameas and with things to drink, to wash, to this. My father wasn't into the stuff. We did everything. He died. Three months, Hashem didn't give me an extra month. Forget about a year, I didn't get an extra month. I, Rabbi Wallerstein, I was so angry at God. I was so upset. I said, you know what? People who don't keep Shabbos, people, people who, do, who are not even good people, you give them sometimes 16 months, 24 months, sometimes miracles. I asked you for a year. He didn't even give me a day. 
I was teaching in Kranai's yeshiva. I'm like, I don't work for you no more. I remember sitting in the car. I don't work for you anymore. You know what? I'm going to be like all the other people. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to make money. What if they teach in yeshiva give up half a day? I'm done. I called up Rabbi Goldstein. The principal, I'm like, um, my father passed away. And, of course, in yeshiva, I'm not going to work. But I don't think I'm coming back to school. I think you need to find another teacher. Well, uh, I'm like, I hung up. So angry. You, you know, who are you to cash in your chips? You think you have chips, but whatever it is. That was it. Said Shiva. And of course I missed my boys and I missed teaching. And I said to myself, what would my father want me to do from his death? What should come out of his death? That I should walk out of Yeshiva, I should become depressed, I should become an atheist, I should get angry. Is that what he wants? Or would my father want from his death to come some new birth? Something new. And that's when I decided to open Ornava. 17 years ago. Actually, my Chabura started then. My Chabura decided to give a Chabura in the name of my father. That Chabura led to a girl's Chabura, which led to Ornava, which led to Terrence Nava, which led to Terrence Miriam, to the BCA, to the new rehab that's happening. All happened because my father died. My father wouldn't have died. I'd still be teaching Granite Yeshiva, but that would be it. So, from understanding that everything has a reason, you can go on with your life. But my father just died random? How can I go on? Like, just random? I'm just bad luck, so what, what am I doing here? No reason for anything? No reason for getting hurt? No reason for happiness? No reason for love? No reason for... Everything has no reason? It's just random? You meet someone, you marry them, it's just random? Like, how could you live like that? And that's why they're all miserable. Because they live in a world that has no meaning. Straight up. No meaning. It's about living in the moment. And that's it. You have nothing. Because how long is your moment? 70 years? 80 years? 50 years? 20 years? How long is your moment? So it's very important to understand everyone who's listening to this shit tonight that life has a meaning and life has a reason and everything in this world happens for a reason. And it makes it much easier to deal with life. And it makes it much easier to accept. And it also, and I think this is the major point, and this is what I said to him, I said, you know what's really deep, deep down in all your hearts? Why you're atheists and why you believe that the world is just random? You know what he said to me? On top of this, and this is, they teach this. That your parents, you don't owe them anything. They're nothing. They're just keeping the species going. There's no reason. They're not, he said to me, they're not really your family. They're not family. There's no such thing, he told me, there's no such thing as family. Because if you're random, random doesn't have family. This molecule and this molecule, they're floating in space and they bang into each other and they have a child but they have nothing to do with each other. So, so he told me, family? Because I told him, you're going to lose your wife and your kids. He goes, they're my kids, but they're not really my kids. They're kids that came from me. They're not my kids, Rabbi. You guys try to control your children because you think they're yours. They're not yours. They're random. They're not your kids. He told me. So my wife, if she wants to go with me, she can go with me, but 
she's also, it's, it's not a cheshbin that she married me. It's just, it's, it has no reason that she married me. She liked what she saw. And now if I don't like, that's what I said to her. I said, how can you do this to her? He goes, because if I don't like what I see anymore, there's no reason for us to be married. There's no reason in the world. I'm listening to this. I'm like, oh my God. Look what they did to this kid's mind. So, so they ripped them not only from God, because if you rip from God, once there's no reason, there's, they're not your children, it's not your wife, there is no family. It's just things that bang into each other and reproduce. But they're not yours. Oh, he went on me with, that's the problem with you from Jews. You think your kids are yours, so you control them. Oh, it's all footsteps. It's all footsteps. That's how they teach them. Can you imagine living in a world where your children you don't think are yours? They're just children that came from you? Oh my God, you're disconnected from everything. How could you be happy? That's what he really believes. The children, you, you can, the Yetzirah can make your taiva, you want to be with a girl, and you want to do this Avera and that Avera, can make your taiva so strong that you're willing to give up your kids that, and to say that they're not yours. He, he, he twists your mind so much, they're not my kids, I produced them. This is what's his money. Here's Marshall. Here's his Marshall. He says, a guy works, he tells me this, a guy works in a GM plant and he builds a car. It's his car? That's his car? It's not his car. So because a guy and a girl physically were together and a baby came out, it's his baby? He's the guy in the plant that created a car. It's not his car. It's not my children. They're children that came from me. They're not my children. I said, so... Your kids don't owe you anything? Absolutely not. They're not. They're, they don't owe me anything. There's no. There's no such thing in, in that world. Oh my God! How far you can fall? How far the satan can take you? That there is no reason in the world for anything anymore. That's where he was. It's, he's God. He's creating his own stuff. He's God. Where's it coming from? It's coming from that when you do something wrong, if there's, if there's no reason in the world, it doesn't matter. But if there's reason in the world, there's consequence. What I want to tell you, and we'll end with this. Very, and this, I, I, sh- I was done with him when I said this to him. I said, let me tell you what you're really all about. I said, I don't want to use the word here in, in my speech. I said, you're full of Good things, right? That's not what I said. I said, I said, you want to break it down, man? Let's break it down. I said, I want to break it down. Let's break it down. I said, you are so sick. You are so ugly inside. Do you know why you're doing this? Because you don't want to have a karasatov to anyone for anything. You don't have a karasatov to your wife. You will need to walk away from her. You have no appreciation for her. You have no gratitude to God. You have no gratitude to your children, to your wife, to your family, to anything. Because in a world of random, in a world of random, there's no gratitude. Because things just happen. If things just happen, there's no reason to say thank you. So in a world of randomness, there's no gratitude. Where there's no gratitude... As you know from my book, there's no world. You're finished. You're done. It's the end of the world. When you lose that midah, I said, 
he said to me, he quoted this physicist and that physicist and that philosopher and this philosopher and he read all the books and, he's, and they're, all, they're all off the charts. They're all brilliant. Right? And he says, why do you think brilliant, brilliant physicists and they wrote books, right? They're famous. Brilliant people would be atheists, Rabbi. Stupid people would be atheists. But why would brilliant people be atheists? I said, you know why? Because if God created them and God gave them the intelligence so they don't get any credit. But if they're random and randomly they were lucky to be the brilliant one, then I'm way above all of you guys. Because I'm a random genius. I said, that's why all the philosophers, all the guys on the top, the best doctors, says the Gemara, not the bottom ones, the best ones. Why? Why did the Gemara say that? It's terrible. The best doctors are going to go to hell? And the answer is because the best doctors believe that it's them. They don't believe in Hashem. Because if they believed in Hashem, so what credit do they get? That they have unbelievable hands, that they can do surgery, that they're brilliant. But if I believe in God, right? So it's not me. So Taisha Berefim, the great doctors, they think it's them. They're going to end up in Gehenna because they're going to become atheists. Because they're not going to believe in Hashem because it has to be me. So I said, you know why all these philosophers, the physicists, that are geniuses? Because he's a physicist and he's a professor and he's brilliant. So if it's not random, if God made him like that, it's a big deal. So God gets the credit, not you. Nah, God can't get the credit. I said, that's why they're atheists. I said, that's why you're an atheist. Because you don't want to, you don't appreciate anything that anyone does for you. And you don't want to show appreciation. You're willing to walk out on your wife, on everybody, to be with a couple of girls, to be a couple of this. I said, the day will come. You're going to be very lonely in a very random place. And they're going to bury you in a random place. And in the next world, you're going to go to a random place. I said, but before you walk out of my office, I'm just telling you something. The God that you don't believe in, the one that doesn't exist, not you, but the one that doesn't exist, you think doesn't exist, he's standing there and waiting for you. The one, I said, he's way above Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu said, if the, the, ones who, who are, who the ones who are laughing and partying because I'm dead, I'll go with them. Hashem's like, the ones that are pointing and saying that I don't exist, in the end, if they come back the last second, I will take them, I will hug them, I will kiss them, I will forgive them, I will bring them into the next world, I will bring them into Gan Eden. I said, that's the God that you don't believe in. You're trading that God in for randomness? When you finish with all your stuff, come back to me. I'll be happy to, to bring you back to HaKadosh Baruch. And he left. And who knows, I took his Hebrew name and his mother's name, random names, and I'm davening every random time I can. And who knows, HaKadosh should bring them all back all the Yidin all the Jewish kids all the Jewish people that have stepped out Hashem is waiting for them to return Beheshiv right Avay Salabanim Kishboruch is waiting for them to return to each other may we all be zeichet to see that Amen You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com